Welcome to the Data Diaries podcast and this special series on leading through the COVID-19 crisis for visitor attractions executives with your host, Angie Judge, Chief Executive of Dexhibit, Big Data Analytics for Visitor Attractions. Kia ora, today I'm here with Philippa Toka, Executive Director for Museums Aotearoa in New Zealand, who is joining us today to share her perspective on how COVID-19 has impacted the Kiwi attractions industry and what we can learn here at home. Hi Philippa, how is life in your part of the world? Oh, kia ora Angie, I'm joining you from Wellington, New Zealand. Um, there's, a, there's a lovely view of it on, on the screen that I can see. It's actually a bit sunnier than it looks in that image. So it's not a bad day. Mine a miracle. <laughs> and tell, tell us about the health and economic situation in New Zealand at the moment. Well, we're currently in what we're calling alert level three, four, sorry, which is full lockdown. Um, we're nearing the end of, well, just at the end of week three. No, we're at the, we're at, the end of week four, sorry. Mm, um, one more to and go. We, and we've got one week to go. What that means is total lockdown, essential services only. As of Tuesday next week, which is the 27th of April, we're going to be going to level three. Although there's not going to be a huge change at that point. Um, they're calling it level four with takeaways. So <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a, a little bit more cows. food available. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And, and uh, what about the economic situation for New Zealand? What's that looking uh, like at the moment? It's, people are beginning to really hurt. There's, there's only essential services happening at the moment. We do have a government wage subsidy, which has really saved the lives of a lot of businesses, and that is going for 12 weeks, so that carries us through to mid-June. And there's a range of business support. The government, again, have, have uh, included some tax breaks, deferred payments for various things, and there's some new legislation coming through around insolvency. But there's nothing so far that's going to really save the kinds of operations that rely on visitors. Yeah, that wage um, subsidies what seven thousand dollars over two twelve weeks for over twelve weeks. That's right mm-hmm. for so each employee. It's it's a it's a subsistence package. Mm. And mm. anything in particular for the tourism sector on the horizon? Um, not particularly. Although the Minister of Tourism has tasked Tourism New Zealand, who which is our international marketing agency, to put all its energies into figuring out the new future for tourism. And that that's there's some good work just beginning on that, where Tourism New Zealand's working with tourism industry, with the Department of Conservation, um, and with our Ministry of Business to try and, and put together something which will be a new vision for tourism. Mm, it'll be interesting with a 14-day quarantine, uh, what sort of tourists that attracts. Absolutely. And so what's happening in the museums and attractions industry in New Zealand at the moment? What, what are people feeling? What's the general sentiment? At the moment, people are hunkering down. Some of the big commercial ventures, of course, have had to lay off staff, and that's, mm. that's huge. And museums as well, a lot of casual contracts have just gone out the window. And while the wage subsidy is helping, it's, it's helping most places like museums anyway to retain most of their permanent staff it's still a challenge because there are many roles that can't be done working from home you know technicians and people who who work on site are not able to actually 
do their job. So one of the big challenges at the moment is really just maintaining that staff morale and staff cohesion while we're in total lockdown. And uh, what, are you seeing any differences between the different regions, uh, say the big cities or even the smaller areas? So some different kinds of organisations are responding differently. So I don't think anybody's going to be turning off the tap for the zoos and, and aquaria particularly, but one of them, Arana Park in Christchurch, has had to put out a public appeal to keep its animals fed and cared for while they're closed because they rely so much on admission charges. But I think that probably the locals will go back there as soon as they can. It is a real struggle, isn't it, with aquariums and zoos, is that there is so much upkeep, even when the doors are closed, you can't sort of turn everything off. Yeah, but museums too, we've got, you know, one very small museum that has, I think, 0.5 paid staff person and relies heavily on on volunteers. You know, they've still got $2,000 a month to find just to pay their electricity, their insurance, the very, very basic operating overheads. During times like these, if we look back to significant events like um, the GFC in 07, uh, 08, or even 9-11, what are your big takeaways from historic events like that when you're thinking about 2020? Well, the one that people have been thinking about here quite a lot is the Christchurch earthquakes as well. Of course. Hmm. And someone I was talking to in Christchurch was saying that that you know this is this is quite similar in many ways but there's no hugs which is a real shame that was one of the things about earthquakes and and 9-11 as well was that people actually came together because of those events and supported each other in very tangible ways and this is is making it impossible we're all so isolated in our bubbles so I think that is kind of making us feel different about it. But the other aspect which is very different is that this is so much of a global phenomenon. It's not something that's happening locally. I was just reading uh, an Economist article from Burl who was saying that, that this is actually comparable to the Great Depression of the 1930s mm. and that it's, it's a long-term global phenomenon. It's not something we're going to recover from quickly. But we can actually learn from some of those things. And I think some of the learning from the Christchurch earthquakes, for instance, was the importance of maintaining connections between people, particularly with our audiences and our our key stakeholders. And I think we're also seeing some really good things come out of it, like the blossoming of the online communities and the arts particularly, and some of the really fun things coming through with that. But on the on the flip side, that's a challenge to some of the smaller organisations that don't actually have the capacity to do that or the technical resources. And to all of us to keep them up when the doors do reopen again. That's right. If you pick up a whole lot more online channels, how are you going to maintain that and be physically present? Mm. So you mentioned this uh, alert level system uh, we have in New Zealand of... Level four is essential services, only level three is sort of safe return to commerce, but still mainly online and with most people still at home uh, for that. When does the industry for museums uh, and visitor attractions open its doors again? Is that... It's not possible until we get down to level two, Mm -hmm. which is at least another three weeks away and possibly considerably longer depending on on how that goes but even for some they won't be able to open at level two because either they're the kinds of places where more than 100 people gather at once which is a restriction at level two or they for instance a volunteer museum won't open because most of their volunteers will be in the high risk 
age group or they physically don't have the kinds of spaces where they can maintain physical distancing. It's going to be a real challenge for a theatre, for instance. How can a theatre operate and sell enough tickets to put on a play if they've only got, you know, a quarter of their seats occupied? Mm. And so how is the government working with industry in this area? Has has the Ministry of Culture issued instruction to the industry around when different types of venues can open or has that been up to the businesses to interpret that? There's some work coming out particularly from our Ministry of Business, from um, Health Department on hygiene practices and all these kinds of things. There's a lot of considerations to take into account, guidance on how often you need to actually clean various surfaces if people, if the public are coming in. One of the challenges is, is that we will continue to have have contact tracing right through level two and that means that any place that's open to the public needs to somehow gather some data on who is visiting and when so that if another case of COVID-19 comes up the contacts can be traced so what we're all holding out for is some sort of an app some sort of mechanism that that can so that that can be done in a contactless and seamless way. Mm. And in the absence of that, we're talking about what time ticketing potentially combined with virtual queues and capacity management? I think that very few of the certainly museums and galleries would have the technical capacity to be able to do that. Mm. They're probably looking at something which is um, a step up from a clipboard and a pen, really. <laughs> Needs must in these times. Yes. And it's the same. You know, if you do that, how often do you have to clean the pen? <laughs> So I know this has undoubtedly changed this industry economically. What does this look like in terms of impact for the industry as a whole and for the museums and galleries that you work with? Uh, it's, it's really hard to fathom at the moment. It's going to be huge. How huge is, is hard to know. Certainly the tourism people are trying to do some modelling on what it might look like. And Treasury have put out some scenarios which say, for instance, that we're not going to have any significant international visitation for at least a year. So that means that some businesses will just either go into hibernation or close completely. The the more public and community-facing organisations will will continue in some form or other, and there's a lot of thinking going on around reinvigorating that kind of domestic engagement, local engagement. So these things will open up locally first, and then as gradually people start moving around within the country, there'll be a bit a bit more uh, activity. But I think there's a, the big unknown is what is the public's willingness to actually go out and potentially expose themselves to these various scenarios. Mm. Yeah, that staycation strategy is harder in smaller markets, isn't it? And in more cautious markets as well. We've seen the call for essential uh, and safe worker uh, children to go back to school if they need to at level three and uh, a huge pushback from schools to actually host those students. I know of one college here in in Wellington which has a role of something like 500 and they're expecting five students next Wednesday when they reopen. Mm. Yeah, and uh, if that was a museum, I I doubt that would be a a profitable or even sustainable. It's not sustainable, but on the other hand, a museum, it it could be open with, with not a huge addition of overheads for a small number of visitors, if it's a larger institution. 
Um, and, and I think, you know, all the museums that I've talked to are currently kind of figuring out what that might look like. Mm, that minimum what, opening. Yeah, minimum opening kind of offering. And what's the what's the trigger point? What's the tipping point that they'll have to 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 manage? Um, and how long do you think that recovery lasts? Is that is that years, months, until we get back see, on the footing? I can't see anything in terms of that domestic recovery really happening for at least six months yeah and and internationally certainly at least a year and so what do you think is unique about the new zealand experience in our museums and galleries here that is a pro or a con uh, during this time well it's it's interesting when i was thinking about this i think actually new zealand's coming through this with with quite an enhanced reputation internationally i think that we're we're seen to be operating with integrity and I think that that has made it will make us an attractive destination internationally in the future when that becomes possible but I think here it really gives us the opportunity to look at our values such as sustainability at our bicultural kaupapa the ways of of working that that we aspire to and I think that certainly in our organization and the people I've talked to they've they've seen this is a time where they can actually work on embedding some really good practices. I think it's going to take a long time to, to regroup economically, but also there's a lot of people I've been talking to have been saying our main focus is our people. First of all, our, our staff and, and our immediate stakeholders, and I think that's a huge strength. And as visitor-oriented organizations i think that's exactly what we should be thinking that our first priority is people and mm. when we're able to to interface with the public again that will be a really a really big strength for us mm. and what about that sort of elimination strategy that the government is pursuing i know that doesn't necessarily mean zero cases because they will always crop up from time to time but zero tolerance of cases could that possibly be an advantage for the tourism sector as a whole I, I think it could be, although I think that a lot of it is going to depend on when we get vaccination or some other, you know, the, the, the actual health medical side of it. I think that that's going to be a, a key factor as well. Mm. Mm. And so what work are Museums Aotearoa and uh, through your tourism work as well? What, what is uh, happening there to support the industry? Well, right at the moment, we would normally be in our frantic pre-conference stage. Uh, our, our annual conference is usually in May. So, of course, that, that all stopped. And so what we've been working on is primarily in the, in the short term was advocacy, working with the Ministry for Culture and Heritage particularly, but also with the tourism hat, making sure that the, the cultural side of tourism is, is, has its voice heard in all the discussions and planning and advocacy going on in that realm. We're hoping that there will be some sort of cultural support package coming out from the government for the cultural sector, uh, as well as the various business and tourism assistance so that we can actually recover. Uh, as, a, as an organisation, Museums Aotearoa is working very much on its own communications with our members, trying to make sure that everybody is well informed. We've also hooked into an international uh, museums in the time of coronavirus survey coming out of NEMO, the Network of European Museum Organisations. And we've run that survey here uh, 
which we'll have results of in a few days time and it'll be really interesting for us to look at what we've learned from that and put that in the international context. Fantastic. So a form of benchmarking, if, if any, on, on what the future might hold. Yes. And, and helping t- so that here in our own unique context, we can actually look at that alongside what other people are doing and how mm. they're faring and what we can learn from each other. Very cool. And for those out there listening from elsewhere in the world, what advice do you have for them that they can learn from the New Zealand region? Well, I think it goes back to our, our people focus. Um, New Zealand... New Zealanders have a really strong sense of community. We, we have a term, manaakitanga, which has, has been something we have promoted in everything to do with our cultural world, but also through tourism. Manaakitanga is, it's a bit like the golden rule. It's, it's being kind to others. It's showing care and respect and hospitality and just looking after each other. I think that's the main thing that we can do at this time. There's that beautiful phrase, isn't there, of what is the most important thing in the world of hetangata, hetangata. Hetangata, It's just people. People. It's people. Mm -hmm. It is people. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for that very important advice. Uh, Where do people go to learn more about Museums Aotearoa? Just on our website, www.museumsaotearoa.org.nz. Wonderful. Thank you, Philippa. And for more coverage on the COVID-19 crisis, head to dexabit.com forward slash COVID-19. Thank you so much for joining us today. Noho ora mai. Stay well. Matewa.